I'm such a serious person. And at one point in my life, I was called a fun hater. <laughs> and I am so intrigued by Benjamin and what he's got to share with us today because he's taken this concept of play, which doesn't feel serious to me at all, and inserted it into events where serious people are attending, but he's able to use it in such a way that it opens people up and creates deep connections very quickly. I am totally and utterly fascinated. He uses Lego as the way and means to this transformation, and I can't wait for you to hear about it. Inquiring minds wanna know, how are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of? That's the question, and the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Faefer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Hey, it's Sarah. I have an invitation for you right now. You can join entrepreneurs from across the globe who share a passion for hosting their own events. Become part of the community that inspires and cheers you on over at greenroomcentral.com. Today, I brought Benjamin Warsinski, founder of Branded World, into Greenroom Central Studios. He's a brand culture expert and certified Lego Serious Play facilitator. His focus is on how purposeful play contributes to effective people strategies, particularly in the areas of employee engagement, well-being, interpersonal relationships, high-performance leadership, and organizational culture change. He hosts virtual and in-person events, including networking, educational online masterclasses, and multi-day private client workshops that use Lego to spark creativity. Benjamin, welcome to Green Room Central Studios. Say hello to Lynchpin Nation. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I'm, I'm excited to be here. So I want you to tell us a little bit about the type of people that you attract to your events. You know, we've talked about how they're aficionados, if, if you will, of the role of like creative creativity and work and life. And I want to understand more about those types of people, because until now, uh, I'd probably have to admit that I wouldn't raise my house, my, my, my own hand to like describe myself that way. <laughs> That's such a good question. It's so funny. It's actually, it's not really the people that you would think that that come to uh, the events that I host. It's really um, professionals from all different walks of life. So I've had people from very technical skills like uh, um, like software developers, um, technologists, um, engineers, and then also like accountants and um, HR and uh, really just like all kind of all professionals of all different levels kind of like seek seek out um you know this this opportunity to to kind of spark their creativity and, and tap into to their their playfulness ah so um it really runs the gamut and we probably can't put them in any one box is what you're saying <laughs> yeah it would be it'd be kind of hard but i would i would kind of say like uh the professional like knowledge workers of of any industry type and then kind of the maybe the small business the entrepreneur uh, those, those types, um, if I, if I were to kind of categorize. Sure. Okay. 
So let's let's talk about those events that these people are coming from uh, for, and I want you to share about your Power Play Accelerator events, and then I'm especially curious about those Pause and Play events. Um, can you share those with Lynchpin Nation? Yeah, so the they all kind of stemmed back from prior to the pandemic when I was hosting events around Chicago, um, and it was called Bricks and Brands Conversations Through Play. And it was really kind of like an unconventional approach to to networking. So the whole idea was you you would come to this event, you'd be given a a uh, kit of of Lego, and you you wouldn't share your title or your your business or anything like that. It was more about the human connection through play. And so what really happened in those events was people really began to connect and get to know each other on a much deeper level uh, to the point where I had people raise their hands and stop me like 10 minutes in and say, you know, this person across the table from me was a complete stranger. And I f- now I feel like I've known them my entire life. Um, and that's when I like really just was like, okay, there's something to this. Um, and so from there, I've kind of expanded uh, my offerings into the PowerPlay Accelerator, which is a uh, a monthly subscription um, service or online uh, membership where I host different uh, live events um, in my community uh, that, that use facilitated play to bring people together and to to learn about yourself uh, and your your leadership style and how you show up and how you communicate uh, and also your creativity. Um, often what I've found in the events is that people don't feel creative or they don't think of themselves as creative, but when they go through these activities, their creativity just kind of pours out and then they kind of realize, hey, I'm, I'm much more creative than I thought I was. And and this is a great example of that. That's so great that you're pull, you're able to pull that side of people out at events through play. And now you are specifically using Legos. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that because you're like certified too. <laughs> It sounds so like like I never imagined I would be certified, um, but I, I stumbled upon Lego Series Play and the, and the methodology um, with, through through networking, and uh, it basically has become my um, the way that I, I operate my business and how I bring people together and how I work with teams um, and and leadership teams uh, and executives, and it really is a way to uh, really kind of like. It, it's like the catalyst to spark and have difficult conversations or to try to innovate uh, and hear different perspectives around uh, a tough situation. Um, and it, it really, what it does is it, it allows people to have an equal playing field and to kind of have their walls come down and be open to, to uh, different perspectives, uh, different ideas, um, and really kind of uh, have their voice be heard as well. So it's, it becomes like a co-creation process. Uh, to, to where when we get to the the end, everyone can agree on the way that, that the team wants to move forward. And they all have had a part in playing uh, towards that that idea so that they have some ownership in it. And it, so it's a really fascinating, like just approach to problem solving and to, um, to culture and connection and communication uh, as a whole. I specifically want to pause on that word connection a bit. So I think a lot of things that you just named are probably why your types of events foster connection, but talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So connection, I think like connection is so funny because we all kind of talk about connection and we know that connection is, is super important. Uh, but oftentimes 
in other kind of social situations or in networking or different types of events, the connections kind of are surface level or they feel more transactional. Uh, and I think what I like about uh, Lego series play and kind of this purposeful play is that it allows people to connect on a much deeper level. Um, and in the same way in working with teams, um, you can kind of have this surface level kind of connection and you understand your role and their role and how you work together and and the job that you're trying to do, but you may not know the the details below um, the, the surface, or maybe they haven't shared uh, an interest or, um, or a way that they're creative. Uh, with you so you don't really understand all of their their skill sets or what makes them kind of fully human and so by putting yourself into this play environment you can really uh, start to understand who people are on a on a bigger bigger scale i love that it reminds me of when i um was back in my corporate days <clears throat> and I was pretty closed off from my coworkers, but what I did notice on, on a day-to-day -day basis, but what I noticed is when we would go on these, like, uh, <laughs> call them camping trips, if you will, when we would go on uh, to our uh, events as a team of people that were, like, you know, putting on the event, uh, you know, those coworkers, we just got to know each other so well because we were kind of, like, we were together for so many hours of the day, so many days in a row, and you just like naturally like personal stuff comes up and you just, um, and you kind of let your guard down because perhaps you're tired or whatnot. And uh, I just, I, that's where I made the best relationships and formed the strongest ties and bonds. And you're saying that we can get there a whole lot faster uh, with, those who, who come to our events by injecting like this very, uh, I don't know, I don't know what type, what word to call your type of play. How, like, how do you describe the type of play that you offer at your events and then to companies who hire you? Yeah, I call it kind of purposeful play or facilitated play um, in that it's not, uh, it's, it's structured um, and there's a, there's an objective to it. So uh, it's not just kind of freestyle play, which is which has its own value um, to it. But it, this is all about, you know, what is the the problem that we're trying to solve? And then how can we uh, create this, this psychologically safe environment to have everybody come together and be able to express their their own opinions and ideas and 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 thoughts um, in this this safe space to to uh, to problem solve and come up with a, a a solution that we all agree with and how we can move forward. So it's it's uh, it, in kind of the corporate setting. That's how how I, I use it um, in kind of a a networking uh, like uh, setting. It's more about how can we really connect with one another and feel like we've made some some real friends. Um, so that at the end of the evening, when we all go our, our separate ways, we may actually reach out to that person and be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, I, I, I want to know. I'm not just trying to, to say how are you to try to get some business like from you. I, I want to know how you are because of that, that model you built and how passionate you are about your kids or about that vacation you want to take or what that your dream house is. Like, how are those plans going? Things like that, like actually build that the connection. And when we build that connection and that trust then the relationship is is much stronger for business opportunities or other opportunities to uh, to come about. 
Oh, I absolutely love everything that you just say said. So it's really like this purposeful facilitated play is a strategic tool and uh, you're you're using it to form those connections that can be leveraged uh, down the road in business. Uh, but we were talking a little bit about how it's also a strategic tool to pull out creativity in entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I've, I've had the opportunity to work with several uh, entrepreneurs and, and some startups and some small businesses. And what I've noticed is in using uh, play as a, as a tool to, uh, to help kind of set their strategy, find their vision, uh, come together as a team, all these, these different facets of, of kind of brand building and, and building your, your, uh, your company and your culture, the, the play really kind of brings out, like like we said, you know, their personality. And when you bring out your personality, your values start to show up. And so it's really amazing to see everybody's personal values and then to have that conversation about, well, what are our company values? You know, we say our company values are, are X, Y, and Z. Do we really align with that? Or are we, are we just kind of saying that because we want to try to reach or attract a certain type of client that we think is our ideal client? But really, we need to reevaluate and and figure out how we can bring more of our personal values into that company uh, organization and culture so that we can really align and really feel like like we're we're in alignment and we're um, what we offer is is really us. Mm, I love that. I could see how this would be super useful for a, a small business uh, entrepreneur to bring their team together on, you know, let's say a quarterly or annual planning meeting and inject this type of purposeful play into their meeting agenda. Oh, I love that. I especially love how you said that our values show up when we play. Uh, I, I wonder why. I wonder it just feels like more of a safe environment. And so we just uh, naturally gravitate towards what means the most to us. I know. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's really funny because I've had I've had people kind of balk or, or like object to to the the uh, the session prior to even experiencing it and uh, kind of saying things like, oh, well, you know, like play, like how how can this really work? Or and so then once they get into it, those same people that were like, like this, this won't possibly work. They're the same ones that are now champion and championing it and saying like, wow, I never knew how creative I was. And like, I really understand, uh, you know, my team a lot better and like, and how we can use this as a communication tool and this aid to help us uh, with different concepts and ideas. And, and it's, so it's really interesting to see, like, you can't hide from when you're in that state of play. Like, like if you're saying what you think people want to hear, that's going to, you're going to kind of get called out <laughs> because when you're in that state of play, you just naturally are are yourself or you're going to be more yourself than than not. And so that that's it's going to kind of lend itself to to really uh, like show your your true your true values. Oh, so good. And I know we talked before that I probably would have been one of those naysayers back in the day because I did. <laughs> I did have the uh, the unfortunate um, nickname of fun hater at one of my previous uh, <laughs> companies. And uh, I think I'm recovered uh, or recovering. 
Uh, let's <laughs> let's shift gears uh, a little bit and talk about facilitation. And you're masterful, and I just wanna I wanna dig into a little bit about why that is and what tips you could give to other event leaders. Uh, so that they could be a little bit better at facilitation. Yeah, you know, facilitating is something that I kind of fell into. Um, in studying urban planning, we would bring together all, all of our stakeholders and facilitate these different design kind of workshops and visioning workshops. And we were trying to to bring out these ideas and, and visions from from our stakeholders. And often it was really hard without using a tool like like Lego Series Play. And so what I've learned over the years, and even even um, in the online space, in in live streams or podcasting or whatever the the medium is, that I think the biggest lesson is to make everyone feel involved and make everyone feel uh, safe and calm. So uh, if you can welcome people, um, if you can make sure to um, like call on on everyone, kind of make sure that everyone has an equal chance to to chat or to share. Uh, that makes that goes a long ways. Uh, when you can recognize others, uh, when you can connect two people together um, and, and say, "Hey, you know, I think you guys would really hit it off." Um, that just that alone can can lead to to so much and can increase their their experience um, as well because it will become much more memorable to be like, "Oh wow, I went to this event. I didn't know anybody there. All of a sudden, I was welcomed, and then I got connected to." to this person and this person, it turns out we have so much in common. Now I have a, a call with them and, and who knows where that could go. And I just feel so grateful for having taken the time to come to this event because it is a big effort to to show up, even to show up online or to show up in person. Uh, I think we took that for granted. And now we have so much available to, to show up to that you really have to be purposeful and intentional about if you're going to be hosting an event Really, how are you going to make sure that everybody can benefit from it and, and find value in it? Hey, I don't want you to miss out. Did you know that this conversation always continues inside the Lynchpin Nation community? It's a free, modern discussion forum exclusively for Green Room Central listeners that will have a profound impact on the way you look at events in your business. Get answers to your biggest questions, hear behind-the-scenes nuggets from event leaders, and get access to helpful templates, guides, and checklists as you start and scale events in your business. Be part of the daily discussion with entrepreneurs just like you. You can join for free over at greenroomcentral.com. I'll see you inside. 100% couldn't agree more. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I, I often really push... Uh, event leaders to to tell me why why are they hosting this for their business and why are they hosting this for their community like what is it about your thing that would make it so that it's um, desirable for me to have to do all the things that I have to do in order to show up at your thing live it's a big deal to pause my real life and my business life and make space to show up to something live, whether that's virtual or in person, it's a big deal. And you really need to be clear on the why and especially in your marketing in order to get people in the room. But then once you're there, deliver uh, because uh, you, you know, they'll, they'll be your biggest cheerleaders on filling your next event. 
I want to take a little bit of a right turn here and and talk about swag, my love for swag. And I, I don't have a love just for like the, the cheap throwaway stuff, um, but the stuff that makes a guest feel like they were just given like a really thoughtful gift that they'll use and they'll cherish. And you do just that because you create, um, you curate these play kits. And so I want you to share with Lynchpin Nation like what you send to your members and then how you use them during during your events. Yeah, and so I, I thank you. I, I love this part because I'm so big on the experience and the brand experience and how can we continue to level up and, and improve it. And so I'm always looking at how I can improve what I send to my my uh, participants, my members, and my clients, and so what uh, what it, the, it was the pandemic that really forced me to uh, to have to kind of go this route uh, probably earlier than I had anticipated, uh, but it also was a great opportunity. So what I've learned is that uh, in kind of the welcoming, like I used I used the the kit as kind of a welcoming tool. Uh, it's a it's materials that you will use in the the experience in the training or in the um, the in the membership, and it's all kind of curated and personalized to uh, the individual um, as much as I can make it because I want everyone to feel again part of part of this experience, and I want them to kind of really love the the materials. I don't want them to use it just once and uh, and and then like um, give it to their kids or something. Like I want them to kind of understand that that the kit is is intended for. Um, for as a tool, as a strategic tool to help help you communicate, help you create ideas, help you spark your creativity. Uh, and so, what I included in there is uh, an explore pack of of Lego. Um, I also include uh, a custom kind of minifigure. Um, that's a uh, it's a complete random uh, thing. So when you open it, it's like you you don't know who you're gonna get. I don't know who you're gonna get. And then it's it's a fun activity of you know what are like who is this character and what are my, what are their values and do my values align with them? And like what's really fun is that character often makes its way into all the different models throughout the experience, and it just adds to the kind of the creativity and kind of the the fun um, of it. I also include um, a Lego piece separator, which is a lot of fun. A lot of people don't know what a Lego <laughs> brick separator is, but oftentimes if you get your tiles and your your plates and your bricks stuck together, it can be impossible to get them off. Um, and so the, the Lego brick separator is a handy tool. Um, and then I include um, some other fun things um, in there. And, and it's all tied back to uh, my uh, my online community uh, as well, so that we have a a both a digital and a physical uh, experience. So you you create you curate these these kits and you send them to your guests, and then uh, they get to open them before the event, and then you integrate them into the the event itself, right? Yeah, actually, um, I have them open uh, the event as, or open the box as an unboxing as part of the event. So as we're uh, getting into the the swing of things, then we go through kind of a um, I call it skill building. So we get everyone kind of fam familiar with with Lego building and and what the piece parts and pieces are. That's where we'll un unbox and uh, see what's in the kits, and uh, and then we'll start to use certain pieces from the kits uh, as we get into the the experience. That's so fun unboxing. So is there like a note on top that says like do not open until whatever? 
Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it. I try to say, you know, like this is for this particular event. Um, and then within, I have an instruction card and a QR code, and that that um, uh, allows them to to log on onto the uh, private community space and to use um, download the the mobile app so they can start to um, have both the digital experience and the tangible experience with the Lego. So good. Uh, love the use of the QR codes in the kit. Uh, that's so fun. Um, thank you for sharing. I really want to encourage everyone to level up their game, their swag game, especially with virtual events. I think it's so important to have something like tangible, tactile, uh, that it just like richens the experience in the virtual setting when like something from the host business is like in the home of, or the office of the person who's who's attending. I, I think it's like table stakes in my opinion. Yeah, and it really breaks up the, the experience as well. No one wants to come to an online event and just watch on screen kind of passively, but if you can engage and build and think with your hands and then share, now you're, you're interacting and you're engaging and you're using both parts of your brain uh, and it just becomes this much more immersive, uh, fun experience. Mm, so good. Uh, Benjamin, before we wrap up today, I've got a bunch of rapid fire questions. If you're game, yeah, uh, I kind of want to get into that. Okay. So I want to talk about, uh, I want to hear what do you say to yourself like backstage and on stage? So kind of your mindset <laughs> with my mindset, like before I go into like a facilitation, I like to play, um, either one of my favorite songs, which has like absolutely no lyrics, but it just like pumps me up um, and gets me into like this just fun state of state of mind. Um, and then uh, and then I just kind of like try to ground myself and center uh, and as I prepare to, to go out and, and begin. And then once you're in front of a crowd, is there anything that you tell yourself to like keep the nerves down or keep your energy up? You know, it's so, that's a good question. It's like, usually like, I think it's like, you got this. <laughs> and then it's also just like, have, have fun. Like, because I know when I show up and I'm, I'm having fun, that also creates more of a, a fun and calming and safe experience for others to open up. So I try to lead by example. Uh, love, love, love that. Share your best tip for filling events, getting registrants. My best tip is continue to follow up. Uh, you know, people are, are super busy. Uh, so you may send out, you know, 100 invites, um, and you may only hear from from maybe half of them, take the other half that you haven't heard from and just follow up and, and don't follow up in a, you know, high pressure way. I, I like to check in and see how they're doing and see what they're up to comment on that. And then also say, Oh, hey, by the way, I'd love to see you here. Or, hey, like this person just uh, signed on for this event. I'd love for to have you come. I think you'd be you know, you'd, you'd, it'd be great for you to meet them. So continue to show the value of your event and why you think they should come. Making it personal um, is another uh, really uh, big thing that has helped because it is all about people and, and humans at the end of the day, not necessarily the, the numbers. See the humanity. Yes. Love that. Uh, what's your favorite event moment uh, at the events that you host? I think it's the the when the light bulb goes off 
for people when they're kind of like reflecting individually and realizing like how I see, like I can like visually see their confidence, like just boost. Um, oftentimes if they're, if they're very introverted or quiet, um, those are the people where their confidence just soars uh, as they, as they kind of tell the story of the model and what it means and why they built it that way. And, and then they start to, maybe someone asks, ask a question like, Oh, I loved how you, you put this brick here, or why did you choose to place your minifigure in this pose? And then they just kind of start to share and they just like light up. And that that's the, the most fun for me is just seeing people light up and seeing the light bulb moments and kind of seeing their, their confidence uh, boost. That's so special. Uh, what's the best thing about hosting your events? Is it is it the light bulbs too? Yeah, I would say uh, just the fact that I get to to share my passion and my love for Lego with others and and how Lego is not just a toy, it's it's really the strategic tool that we can use to solve problems and come together and really connect. And I think that that's, that's like what I love most about, about it. Mm. Uh, I wanna know, what are you reading right now? I just finished reading uh, Don't Feed the Elephants by Sarah Noel Wilson. And the book just came out on February 1st. I got an advanced copy. Um, she was just on my podcast um, as well. I'm like a huge, like super fan. Um, but it's all about uh, how to like avoid, like how to stop avoiding hard conversations. Um, the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, and it just, it has amazing information and uh, her story is, is incredible um, as well. Oh, thank you for sharing. Uh... So I want you to sh to tell Lynchpin Nation like what you've got going on and that you that they should know about and where they can find you and especially share the name of your podcast too. Uh, that would be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, so my the biggest thing I have going on is uh, my community, the, the Bricks and Brands Network. You can find it at community.brandedworld.co um, and, and join. Uh, I would love to see you there. Inside the community, I host uh, a mixer twice a month uh, called the Members Mixer, a uh, fancy name. And then I also host uh, a podcast called the Bricks and Brands Podcast. And really the whole idea is to bring today's leaders uh, together to talk about how we can, how we envision the future of workplace culture and leadership and the, the brand experience as a whole. So good. Uh, I'll link all of that up in the show notes, uh, as well as that book that you just recommended. Uh, Benjamin, this has been such a treat uh, to chat. I can't wait till the next time. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast. If you loved this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram and be sure to tag at Sarah Faper and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. Also, I know you've got one solid gold nugget of advice on filling your events from Benjamin today. But if you'd like a few more, 107 to be exact, then I want you to head over to fillingevents.com right now. I want to help you quickly master event marketing and fill your events, even if you've never done it before. I've scoured the online business world and found 107 of my favorite strategies working right now to fill your next virtual or in-person event. 
I want you to create the event promotion plan that you need from these easy to implement customizable strategies. It's over at fillingevents.com. Now, in case you're curious, this podcast is built on Kajabi. I am loving how easy it's been to get things set up, but more so, I'm thrilled that my entire business is run within one platform. From my emails, to my pages, to my courses, and now to my podcast. It's all under one roof. If you love simplicity and scalability as much as I do, then go to greenroomcentral.com to get a free 14-day trial from Kajabi, who I am thrilled to say is a sponsor of this podcast. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and strategy of live events. Keep going. Keep learning. If you want more, I want you to head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode.